Thank you. How's everybody out there? <laughs> We're all here. Um, I have a very important notice to tell you. I, we're going to start with announcements quick, um, just so I don't miss it, okay? <laughs> There's a, a meeting, informational meeting today, right after church. It's um, discussing the church parsonage, and we would love to have everyone attend just for your input and your views on the subject. If you're a church member, that's fabulous, but there won't be voting today. Um, it's to bring your ideas and your information to the board so they can consider this. Um, so it's a very important meeting. If you can stay, please, we encourage you to stay and give your input. Um, we're gonna start with singing and then I guess we'll do the announcements, right? Yeah, hang on, I gotta move. I'm kind of off this morning. Sometimes I get so excited about being here. <laughs> We're
We're going to start with uh, Be Exalted. It's in your bulletin. The words are here and on the screen. Just sing right out like you know it. Pretend. <laughs> Yet it floweth fuller 
glory. Everything in this worship is for our God. Will you follow me in the call to worship and jump in where it says people. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And, and I, I shall, shall dwell, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Would you join in the invocation? Dear Lord, Dear Lord we, we honor and, and we praise you. you. We, we come, come before you as repentant sinners and are, and are assured of your everlasting love and mercy, and mercy towards us. us. Great is thy name, O Lord our God. God. Amen. And it's time for our joys and concerns. And we have a couple prayer requests up here for you. Oh. Good morning. Thank you. 
It's a joy this morning to have Sarah Chorley and her husband, well, Alan Saunders, she Saunders too, but they're visiting. They're longtime members from this church and grew up in this church, and it's a joy to have them visiting. And also, it's so great to have Linda and Marv Chase back to worship with us. Thank you for prayers that go up for my mother, Joanne. Um, activities people wheel her to activities, and she's gracefully uh, communicating with me when I showed her pictures of my, my visit with my son. I'm very thankful, and continue prayers for the health profession there and everywhere. Thank you. like to wish our daughter Allison and son-in-law Cal a very happy anniversary, number 18, tomorrow. Uh, I just want to say I can thank God for all those years that he's kept me going and watched over me and has blessed me abundantly. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, I want to ask for uh, prayers and um, a good time. Colton and Jack are going off to camp for this week up at camp, uh, Pathfinder uh, Lodge in Cooperstown. So they will be out in the wilderness for a week, and they're very excited. So Chris, they have a good time, and we go and we pick them up on Friday. Also, um, prayers this week. Um, Pastor Dave is going in for a hip replacement. So hopefully it all goes well, and he goes and recovers well too. I'd like to join prayers for the camp people and say that it's nice that this also this week, my grandson Marcus will be going. Thank you for the church. And also the Suda girls, Linda and Jim Gwynn's grandchildren. So we have quite a number going this week to camp. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you and thank you for um, your only begotten son who um, came and lived among us and died and was resurrected uh, so that we might live. We thank you that <clears throat> your Holy Presence is with us through the Holy Spirit and we ask that you continue to abide with us and bless us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for um, our visitors this morning. 
We thank you, Lord, that um, they would remember this church, and we thank you for the witness of this church through the years in many places with many people. We just lift up the Chases and the Churleys. We lift up Joanne, and we uh, thank you for um, their, their witness to their families, and we just pray continued prayers for um, their health and wellness. Thank you for um, Betty's health and wellness. It really is an accomplishment to be so healthy at 97. We just give you all the praise and glory for that. We ask, too, that you uphold um, travel mercies for the children that will be attending camp this week. Uh, we thank you that the camp is up and running, and we um, just come against any um, further complications um, due to the pandemic, Lord. We just thank you how it has required more of us in many ways, and we just ask that you continue to be with us um, as we follow um, in your path, Lord. Father God, we just um, thank you for the wonderful summer months, and we pray that you continue to be with all of us. We thank you that um, you can be with um, those who aren't with us this morning. We ask that you be with um, missionaries around the world, Lord. We just pray that you be with, especially with uh, Jimmy Gwynn as he goes to Honduras to distribute medical supplies. We ask that you um, be with others who serve you in faraway places. We ask you to continue to uphold our military around the world as they fight for freedom and justice. Lord, you are a great God, and we just are always reminded of how um, awesome you are. We just pray that you continue to abide with us so that we might continue to um, witness and give glory to you. In Christ Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Alleluia. Please come forward.
look in the mystery boxes, we can see what we have here. Somebody left a cross. And the wonderful thing about this cross is that it's empty, right? Sometimes you see cross, crosses and Christ's body is on it. This cross is empty. And we want to praise God that for us, this cross is empty because Jesus died for us and then he went on to go to heaven. There's a scripture that says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that sh who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So if we believe in Jesus, we shall have everlasting life. And we give glory to God the Father who sacrificed his son just for us. That's a wonderful sacrifice, isn't it? Just so that we can live and be pardoned of our sins. I want to thank you kids. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your son's sacrifice on the cross. We thank you that he came to live among us and that he, was di that he died and was resurrected for us. And we give glory to you for that. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Him, dear Father, Lord and Father of mankind. from Matthew 5, 3 through 12. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God add a special blessing to the hearing and understanding of his holy word. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we've made it uh, to the last beatitude. Uh, this is number eight. Um, so as we focus on this uh, beatitude today, um, I'll see if you're up for a quiz here. Uh, who can do the first beatitude? The poor in spirit. The second beatitude. Mourning. Third beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek. Fourth beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Thank you. Fifth beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Thank you. Next one. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. The pure in heart. Next one. Peacemakers. Thank you. And then, uh, of course, number eight, uh, let's read this together. Uh, Blessed are those, those who, who are, are persecuted, persecuted for righteousness' sake, sake for, for theirs, theirs is, is the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, this blessing, uh, this last uh, beatitude, uh, is one that, well, I, they're all difficult. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, it, it just doesn't get any easier as you go through these beatitudes. And now we're talking about persecution, and blessed are you when you're persecuted. 
Uh, and so we, we see not, not just persecuted, but persecuted for righteousness sake. You know, so we see here in this, in this litany, in, as we progress here, that there's a sequence uh, that Jesus is following as he shares with us, shares with us the Beatitudes. Uh, you know, you, as, if there's anybody that you would think, now this is my, my human mind thinking, right? Um, if you would think that these are the kind of people who should not be persecuted. These are the people who, uh, you know, who are poor in spirit. They mourn and they're meek and they're seeking after uh, righteousness. You know, you know, and then they're merciful. They're peacemakers. Um, and the list goes on here. And you're thinking, wait a minute. Why are these the people who are persecuted? You would think just the opposite, that the world would desire, that the world would be seeking after uh, people who are living out the Beatitudes. It, it, it just, uh, the whole thing stands on its head here. And yet we see, uh, certainly, uh, time and time again, that uh, people uh, who are following uh, the Christ-like nature of the Beatitudes uh, are persecuted time and time again. In fact, I uh, wanted to share with you, uh, this is uh, something that I've, I've gotten from um, Fox's book of, of Martyrs, and, and you'll see here that uh, that with respect to the, the martyrs, if you go through the list of the disciples, uh, the disciples are, are those who, um, I'm just bringing this up so I can read this to you. And I've got this, it's coming. Um, Sometimes phones don't do what you want them to do. Isn't, isn't that right? Anybody ever have that experience? Uh, because I have it all the time. Um, okay, here we go. This is um, a, this is what church history tells us in tradition, uh, and what happened to the disciples. So uh, James uh, is beheaded, Philip was crucified, Matthew was slain by the sword, uh, James the Less was stoned to death, Matthias was stoned then beheaded, Andrew was crucified, left hanging on the cross for three days, Peter was crucified upside down, Paul beheaded by Nero in Rome, Jude was crucified, uh, Bartholomew beaten to death with clubs, Thomas was speared to death, Simon the Zealot was crucified, and John was really the only one who uh, lived to an old age. Uh, he was exiled to Patmos and died as a prisoner. And so we get a sense here of uh, people who, uh, the apostles themselves, who uh, suffered and died uh, almost without exclusion except John uh, because 
they followed closely uh, to Jesus Christ. And I think it's uh, helpful for us to keep this in perspective uh, because uh, Jesus told us from John 15, 20, he says, if they persecuted me, uh, they will persecute you also. And I don't know uh, what kind of persecution you've experienced as a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, but I, to be honest with you, I don't know when I've, uh, when lastly I've been persecuted um, uh, for my faith. And uh, you may find that uh, you're asking the same question yourself. When was I last persecuted for my faith? Um, the only persecution I think that my wife and I have experienced because of our faith in Jesus Christ has been um, when we've been out uh, praying where they perform abortions down in Binghamton. Um, and that type of persecution is quite mild. Um, it's people that are swearing at you. Um, I, they give you the finger, they spit on you. Um, I had one threaten me um, that he was gonna punch my lights out. Uh, and this is because you're, we're praying uh, at a place where um, uh, young children, babies, are, are being uh, killed. You know, um, so I guess that's the extent of uh, the persecution that, uh, that I've experienced. Um, and unless you're on the front lines, I heard this statistic recently that um, every five minutes throughout the world, this is a sobering statistic, uh, every five minutes throughout the world, a Christian is martyred, is killed. Uh, for their faith, um, for following Jesus Christ. Um, and I think that this, this places before us uh, what are we to do, uh, those of us, for the most part here in America, uh, who are not being persecuted. Uh, what are we to do? And um, Hopefully we'll find it helpful as we uh, look at a, a passage in scripture here. This is from uh, Daniel. And I think there's some lessons that we'll learn from Daniel in terms of uh, what to do uh, in the face of persecution, but also how to prepare ourselves for persecution and what to do when we're not persecuted. Uh, so I'm going to turn in your Bibles, in your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along. Uh, this is from chapter 3 in Daniel. Chapter 3 in Daniel. And you'll find this reading on page uh, 1374 in your pew Bibles. Um, 
reading from chapter 3. I'll give you a little background here. This is when um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the fiery furnace uh, because they refuse to bow down uh, to the golden image of uh, that ne Nebuchadnezzar uh, had made. And so I'm going to pick up, uh, just for the sake of time, I'm going to pick up in a verse, uh, let's see. I'll pick up in verse 13. Uh, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If, you are, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods, or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the fire so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of gods, of the gods. Uh, verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the language of any nation or, or that I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be, burned, to be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Uh, this is quite a story, one that I'm sure you're all familiar with. You've heard it in Sunday school time and time again. 
And it's a story that starts off uh, probably in the beginning of Daniel uh, because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and this is, the, I think, the first lesson we can, we can gain from this, this story, is that when you are called upon to stand up for the name of Jesus Christ, and we really are daily called upon to do that, uh, whether it's uh, by voice or whether it's by where your feet take you, uh, we're all called uh, to witness to Jesus Christ in some form or manner. And for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were able to stand up against the king. They knew, they knew that there would be serious consequences. But I think the first lesson is that their name was not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were Hebrew sons of the Most High God. And this is where you and I need to find our identity. We need to realize that we are sons and daughters, first and foremost, of the Most High God. And when you and I go and leave these doors today, we are representing uh, Jesus Christ to a lost culture. And we have to keep foremost in our heads. Who am I as I leave these doors? Am I who the world says I am? Or is my identity different than what the world claims it is? Is my identity as a son or daughter of the Most High God? And if it is, you can raise your head high. And you can stand your ground whenever the flames are about to uh, burn you in one way, in one fashion or another. That's the first lesson. Know your identity in Jesus Christ and who you are and who he raises you up to be uh, as his ambassador uh, of Jesus Christ. And I think the second lesson that, that we learn here is that they were willing to be obedient whatever the cost. Obedience at whatever the cost. Now, this is a tough one for all of us. Uh, many times we are challenged in one form or another uh, to consider the cost of discipleship, the cost of following Jesus Christ. Uh, there's, uh, so, let me share this with you. Uh, this is a, a situation with uh, someone uh, during the Second uh, World War, and he was a pastor uh, of a confessing church in Germany uh, who did not agree with the position of uh, the positions of Nazi Germany and uh, his name was uh, Martin Niemöller and, and uh, 
This is interesting. I found this very fascinating because uh, his son uh, went, because of his stance uh, during the Second World War, he was sent to concentration camp and I believe he was there for uh, somewhere in the area of five years uh, where he was removed from his uh, family and in a concentration camp. And you know, when you go to the concentration camps, typically that does not end well. Uh, so, but I found, what I found fascinating about this is listen to what Martin's father says about this. He was questioned uh, about his son being in the concentration camp. And, and they said to his father, how terrible that your son should be um, imprisoned in the concentration camp. His father said this, yes, it is a terrible thing to have a son in the concentration camp. But there would be something more terrible for us if God had needed a faithful martyr and our son Martin had not been, had been unwilling. And uh, persecution is a terrible thing, but unfaithfulness is far worse. Unfaithfulness is far worse. So, as we look at this text, uh, obedience, um, whatever the cost may be, some of you are familiar with the, the hymn by uh, Mercy Me uh, that says, even if, and I think this is the third lesson for us from this text, uh, and from, from this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'll, I'll reread the, the, the text from, from verse, uh, I'll start with 16 again. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand, O king, O king. This is the even if faith. This is the third lesson. Even if. Verse 18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. The even if faith takes us to a place of recognizing, as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did, that even if that cup of sorrels that Jesus Christ held in his hand, even if he had to drink that, and even if that meant going to the cross uh, to suffer and to die, that he was willing to do that. He was willing to do that for me and for, and, for, and for you and for each one of us. And that's the beauty of the blessing of persecution. 
Not that we're looking for persecution, but the reward that you and I receive oftentimes is not on terra firma. It won't be here, folks. I want my reward here and now. And I'm sure you're just like I am. But he says, Jesus tells us in the Beatitudes, don't expect it here. Your reward will be in heaven. And I don't know about you, but my heart's desire, and I, and I sense it's yours a desire too, is that you too want to hear those words by your Lord and Savior that simply say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, as we come to the table uh, this morning for communion, uh, let us reflect upon the cost of his obedience. But also, I am encouraging you and, and myself to reflect upon the cost of your obedience and mine as well. Uh, let us pray. Father God, we, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his willingness uh, to go to the cross. And I pray, Lord, that as we uh, partake of your body and of your blood this morning, that we will simply honor your death by offering ourselves in whatever way you see fit uh, to be broken uh, for Jesus' sake, that the name of Jesus Christ may be glorified in all uh, that we do and say. Uh, for it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. I will sing of my Redeemer.
offering 